All right, well, um, happy Father's Day to all the fathers that are here. Happy Father's Day to my father-in-law, who's right over there in the corner. And uh, when my dad listens to this podcast later, happy Father's Day to you, Dad. So he has to work today, so whatever. Priorities, I guess. So, um, okay, let me talk about the bracelets. So we have a gift for you fathers. We have these bracelets here. Um, They're like survival bracelets. So um, compass, whistle, there's a flint, a knife, and like 25 feet of paracord. So um, check these out. On the way out, you can grab on the way out. Thank you, Brie, for getting through the idea of doing this and for getting this order and all that. She's amazing, so thank you for doing this. And um, yeah, there's instructions on how to use it and um, some scriptures, like survival scriptures on the card out there for you too when you take one of these. So I don't know about you, but I, I'm, I'm a hiker. So I like, uh, I like stuff like this. So I'm going to take this hiking with me for sure. Let's test the whistle. <laughs> Works. Okay. Tried and true. And it matches, and it matches my shirt. Oh, my gosh. I need a uh, survival. Put it back on. Oh. oh, this is impossible. Okay. This one's, this one's faulty. No one could put it on straight. Okay. Um, so since it's Father's Day, um, I don't know if you guys know me very well, you know that I, I'm a punny guy, right? I like dad jokes. And so I'm going to give you some dad jokes today. I don't call them dad jokes. I call them puns. I just call them funny. But some people think that apparently just fathers do dad jokes. So um, here's some dad jokes for you. Now, <laughs> um, I think a good pun or a good, a good dad joke, um, the reaction isn't usually like laughter, like, if the, re- if the reaction is, like, pain a little bit, like, oh, that's a good pun right there. That's a good dad joke. So, when people are pained by it, it's like, okay, it's really working. Okay, so, um, what did the father buffalo say to his son when he dropped him off at, uh, at school? He said, bison. Boom, you got it. Bison. I buy guns from a guy called T-Rex. He's a small arms dealer. A magician was driving down the street. Then he turned into a driveway. That one was okay. Why, did, why couldn't the lifeguard save the boulder hippie? Because he was too far out, man. <laughs> why do seagulls live by the sea? If they lived by the bay, they would be bagels. Okay. And, okay, I have a few here. These are Pastor Kurt originals. I'd say puns all the time, but I never remember them. So these are the ones I could remember. Um, okay, if I owned a limo company, it would be called No Problemo. <laughs> if I owned a butcher shop, it would be called Goodness Steaks. If I owned a company that refelted pool tables, it would be called Felt Needs. <laughs> Needing felt needs. If I owned a photography business, I would charge a photography. Okay. Uh, okay. See, that's the reaction you want right there. Uh. I wrote a self-help book for cats. It's called Your Best Life Meow. If you're not a Christian, you don't get that joke. I wrote another book, a self-help book for dolphins called The Porpoise Driven Life. I wrote a book uh, for people enslaved by dolphins. It was also called The Porpoise Driven Life. (laughs) And what do you call a dolphin who ran into a knife sharpener? A sharp fin. He's no longer a dolphin. He's a sharp fin now. So... 
Okay, and so, and, and, and then as a proud father, um, you know how when kids start like learning humor and stuff like telling jokes, like their jokes don't usually make sense, but if someone fell down or bumped their head, it's still funny to them. But my daughter is, Evie is finally like learning how to form jokes. And so this is an Evie Chamberlain original. She's eight years old. She said this to me the other day and I laughed out loud. What do you say when someone is um, telling you a joke and choking you at the same time? <laughs> You gotta be choking me. <laughs> That's pretty good. I, I was like, did you? I was like, did you find that on a popsicle stick or did you make that up? She's like, I made that up. So I'm a proud dad. She's, she's getting puns. <laughs> Train a child in the way they should go, and when they grow older, they will not depart from it. So, amen. All right, so um, I, have a, I have a sermon for you guys today. Um, um, okay, I mentioned the gift. I mentioned happy birthdays. Okay, good. Or not happy birthdays, happy Father's Day. So we're squared away. I just had a cup of coffee, so if I'm going fast, that's why. All right. Today, I want to talk to you about the power of the words we speak. The title of my message is The Power of a Father's Blessing. Um, but there will be something for everyone here today because we all have words and all of our words are powerful. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Um, before we get into that, um, I have kind of a long intro today. Um, I'm, in, I'm personally intrigued by the differences and similarities, similarities between men and women, between the role of a father and the role of a mother. I'm intrigued by the similarities, the overlap. I'm intrigued by the differences. And I think if we understand what the overlaps are, what the differences are, then we can understand how to better be mothers and better be fathers. Um, God created mankind in his own image and in his own likeness. Uh, Genesis 1.27 uh, says, yeah, God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God he created them, but he created them male and female, okay? So it takes, really it takes both men and women to reveal the full like nature of God, Okay. Um, it takes both the feminine and the masculine to reveal the entire nature of your God. He, he created humans in his likeness and his image, and femininity and masculinity were both part of that. Um, so God is, not, God is neither male nor female. God is actually spirit. But having said that, many, many times in the Bible, God refers to himself. He speaks of himself as a father or as he or in, in masculine terms, okay? Um, and so, and if you go back to, and some of the newer translations, they kind of take out the he and masculine language, but actually in the Greek, there is, um, the Greek and the Hebrew, um, there are masculine terms that God is referring to himself as, and I think it's important that we understand that. Um, that is not to say that there's not a feminine nature of God. The feminine nature came from God, um, but this is how God has chosen to speak of himself and reveal himself to the word many times is with masculine pronouns. Um, I don't, I don't personally like conduct inner healing, but I'm friends with a lot of people who do inner healing ministries like Sozo and I've been around them enough to learn, to learn, um, how to do some inner healing, but typically people who do inner healing, they can, they can usually figure out what type of relational issues you have in your life, um, by observing how you interact or receive love from the Godhead. Okay. Or lack thereof. Okay. So for, um, just so we're all on the same page, the Godhead is, you know, God. He's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. One God, three parts, three beings, okay? Um, but if you had an abusive 
overbearing father, it might be hard for you to hear and receive love from a father God. I mean, we all, like, it's hard for some people, like, to hear God as a father because fathers were abusive to me my whole life. You know what I'm saying? Um, So the lens you see fathers through can become tainted, and sometimes when people hear, Father God loves me, he wants to connect with me, there's a a blockage there. Um, And so um, on, on another side of that, people who have issues with mothers many times, they sometimes feel blockages to the person of the Holy Spirit. Why is that? Because the Holy Spirit many times in the Bible is identified as a comforter, as a nurturer, as a teacher, that kind of thing, okay? Um, Many times people with peer relationship issues, like they've been rejected by peers, um, they have terrible peer relationships, brothers, sisters, coworkers, they might have trouble receiving love or connecting with Jesus on that level because Jesus represents to us, he's fully God obviously, but he represents to us our peer relationships. And so I actually met a guy one time, he had terrible peer relationships, like people had wounded him and hurt him in so many ways, and his perception of Jesus was like, Jesus is this older angry brother waiting to like thump him, okay? So there was something in his psychological being when, when he had these uh, peer relationships that actually tainted his image of what Jesus is supposed to be to us, okay? So, because um, Jesus in the Bible is identified as our elder brother, in this family of God we call Christianity, okay? Um, and I'll give you a scripture for that. Romans eight twenty nine. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he, speaking of Jesus, might be the firstborn among many brothers, okay? Jesus came to earth, became flesh, and we, can, we identify with him. He's the only member of the Godhead that became flesh and identifies with our humanity, Okay, and that's pretty awesome. So when we have those strained peer relationships, many times that will taint people's view of God the Son. Okay, so um, take a little survey here. Uh, I'm not gonna have anyone raise hands. We'll take a little survey. If you just ask yourself this question, do I identify with one of the members of the Godhead more than another? Do I, do I tend to gravitate towards God the Father or God the Son and God the Holy Spirit? Do I have like an issue with thinking of God as the Father, thinking of God as a as a friend, or do I have issues with thinking of God as a nurturer, comforter? If you do, there might be possibly some um, relational issues in your life that happen there. And so in inner healing, what happens many times is um, a lie is revealed. The first thing, a lie is revealed. A lie is exposed. And for example, someone says, God, I don't believe, God, you're a great, you're a good provider. So that's the lie. Then the truth is revealed. Um, even though my dad left when I was a child, um, God, I still believe that you're a good provider. That's the truth being revealed, okay? And then many times that leads to like someone that needs to forgive. For example, um, God, I, I forgive my dad for not providing for me. Help me to see that you're still a good father that loves me profusely and provides for me profusely, okay? And then boom, all of a sudden this person has a reconnection to Father God. Um, <clears throat> So what I want, the point of this, what I want to say is there are roles that fathers are uniquely qualified for and there are roles that mothers are uniquely qualified for. Um, now, if a father is uniquely qualified for something, it doesn't mean that a mom is disqualified from that same thing. Or if a mom, is, a mother is qualified, uniquely qualified for something, it doesn't mean that a father is necessarily disqualified from that same thing. But for example, God... The Bible talks about God as a protector. The Bible talks about God as um, a provider. 
This doesn't mean that mothers can't protect, and this doesn't mean that mothers can't provide, obviously. Um, if, if you don't believe that, just try messing with some mama's baby sometime. Like, you will see that uh, she can protect just fine, you know what I'm saying? Um, one of the most dangerous things when you're hiking is if you, you're in the wilderness and you come between, like, a mom and its baby. You know, that's a really dangerous situation. I was uh, hiking um, a couple years ago with my family in, in Rocky Mountain National Park, and we're going on a trail, and we're like, oh, it's a baby. That's nice. It was a baby elk. It was a baby elk. Oh, it's a baby elk. And we're, you know, getting ready. To, the trail goes right by the baby elk, and we're like, wait a minute. Where's the mother at, you know? We realized that the mother was on the other side of the trail, so we were going to have to walk right in between the baby and the mama. Now, elk are not by nature aggressive creatures. They're not by nature aggressive. But if you put that elk in a situation where you're coming between it and its baby, you might have yourself a problem right there. So I, I told my family, I was like, we're going to actually go around, not on the baby side, we're going to go around on the mom's side, make sure we don't come between this mom and baby. So mamas can be great protectors, but I want to say that fathers are uniquely qualified to be protectors, okay? Fathers are uniquely qualified for this. <clears throat> Take a drink here. So I want to give you a list of if you're taking notes, I want to give you a list of things that fathers are uniquely qualified for, and I want to give you a list of things that mothers are uniquely qualified for, okay? Um, by the way, if you're, if you're not a, um, a father, like you've been married and had kids, you can still be a father. I'll give you an example of this. My friend J.D., who's behind the media over there, he's never been married, doesn't have any kids, but like he, he goes to Royal Family Kids and like fulfills the role of a father to these kids who are in the... Um, who, who are orphans, who are, who are in foster care. Like he fulfills that role. So he's fulfilling the role of a father to kids. So just because you're not a dad doesn't mean you can't fulfill the role of a father in this role, okay? So I just want to say that. Yeah. So you, what are fathers uniquely qualified for? They're uniquely qualified as providers. They're uniquely qualified as protectors. They're uniquely qualified to give identity and affirmation to their two kids, to speak identity and affirmation, okay? What are, what are moms? What are aunts, mother, grandmothers, uh, moms uniquely qualified for? They're uniquely qualified to nurture, to comfort. They're uniquely qualified to bring training, like to give a moral compass to kids, like right and wrong. They say that by the age of five, a kid's moral compass is like set. Like they, are, they already know like in life, like their moral compass, they already know where it's at from the age of five. Isn't that incredible? And moms have a huge influence in setting that moral compass. Um, guidance, and they also give significance, okay? <clears throat> I'll give you an example of how, how these varying roles have played out in practical terms. Um, one of our overseers of this church is uh, Pastor Bill Klein, and um, he's, he's a regional director of the Sozo Ministry, um, Inner Healing Ministry, and he's one of our overseers. He was at um, Bryson and Amanda's house, and he was for, helping us conduct some small group leadership training. And um, I think it was Zane, uh, the Vasquez's son. He, he like bumped himself or fell down or something like that, and he starts crying. And we couldn't figure out, like, is he hurt or does he, is he like embarrassed? Okay, is he hurt in the situation or is he embarrassed? 
And the pastor, and he went, so Zane fell down, and both mom and dad are in the room, and there's people in the room, and he goes to dad. He didn't go to mom. So Pastor Bill says, I don't think he's hurt. I think he's embarrassed, because if he was hurt, he would have gone to mom for comfort. But because he's embarrassed, he needs identity and affirmation, so he's gone to dad. Okay, like kids figure this stuff out, okay? Um, another example of this is... Um, Pastor, I was talking to Pastor Bill on the phone this week because I'm like, I want to talk about some of this stuff. He was saying that he took his uh, granddaughter, she's into dinosaurs. So they took the granddaughter to this dinosaur exhibit. Um, Debbie Klein, his wife, and him took the granddaughter to this dinosaur thing. And the dinosaurs turned out to be a little more like realistic than they had thought, right? So the little girl, she's upset, like she's scared. And Debbie, um, her grandmother, was like, oh, come here, I want to I hold you, I want to pick you up. Well, she didn't want her grandmother. She wanted Pastor Bill, right? And Pastor Bill said, why, would, why was that? Well, if she needed comfort, she would have gone to her grandmother. But she actually felt like she needed protection in that moment. Like, I need to be protected from these dinosaurs. I want the big guy <laughs> to pick me up. You know what I'm saying? Like, if someone was threatening you and you had, like, a really big bodyguard here and you had a really scrawny person here, I, I bet you you're going to go <laughs> behind the one that you think can do a better job protecting you. So, okay, kids figure that out. So they go to parents, um, they go to parents for comfort, nurturing, um, moms typically. They go to fathers for protecting, providing that kind of thing. Okay, so we're kind of only scratching the surface here of this whole thing. But I, want to, I just want to say that there are roles fathers are uniquely qualified for, roles that mothers are uniquely qualified for. So what I want to do today, I said I'm going to be talking about the power of our words. How do our words play into this? As mothers, as fathers, as spiritual mothers, as spiritual fathers, how do our words play into this? Um, and before I get there, I just want to re- reiterate that if you don't have physical children or physical, you know, you're, you're, a, you're not a physical father, a physical mother, you can become a spiritual mother and a spiritual father. And I think as believers, we all should aspire to be spiritual mothers and spiritual fathers. You know, in the Bible, Joseph, he, he you know, was sold into slavery in Egypt. He became, actually became the ruler of all the land of Egypt. And when he was talking to his brothers and sisters, he said, I have become like a father to Pharaoh. Okay, Joseph had not been, at that point, he had not been a father yet. He had not had any kids, had not been married. But he said, I have become like a father to Pharaoh. And I wonder, I feel like Christians, believers, we should become fathers to people in leadership. We should become fathers and mothers to people in positions of influence. And I had this thought this week. What if someone became a spiritual father to like Kim Jong-un, someone like that? Like that man is the doorway to like 25 million people in North Korea, if someone could become a spiritual father to that man, that whole uh, peninsula could be opened up to the gospel. Like the gospel, as it's been preached in South Korea, could be preached in North Korea. And I know we still have a long way to go, and, and there's kind of naysayers of like whether this is really going to keep going and keep happening, but there are some really cool signs that are happening. We need to keep praying into that. I'm, I'm actually really excited and encouraged about what I'm seeing. And I'll, and I'll tell you that's happened before. Um, for example, uh, Constantine and Rome, the Roman Empire was, was pagan. It was not Christian whatsoever. One person, the emperor, gave his life to Jesus, and then, and then the whole empire became Christian. And they say that his mother probably was the one who was a Christian, influenced him to be a Christian, and which changed the destiny of that entire empire. It was totally pagan before. But a, but a mother spoke into his life and set the direction for that. So... I just want to say, whether you have children or not, 
we should be spiritual fathers, spiritual mothers. Amen? Okay. So I want to talk about the power of our words, three ways that we can speak powerful words of blessings. So this is applicable to everyone here. Um, number one, realize that your words are powerful. That's number one, okay? Again, mothers, you can use your words to comfort, give guidance, instruction. Fathers, give identity, affirmation. Words are actually a vehicle, okay? Think of words as a vehicle. Um, you know, this saying, like, sticks and stones will break my bones, but um, words will never hurt me. Like, that is totally wrong. Words are powerful. Words change things. Like, that is the worst saying in the world. Like, words are... <laughs> Words are powerful. They will hurt you. Proverbs 18, uh, chapter 18, verses 20 through 21 says this. From the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled. With the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. Verse 21, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Okay, the tongue, the Bible says the tongue has the power. Your words have the power of life, to give life or to speak death. You are either sowing words of life, you are either sowing seeds of life with your words, or you're sowing seeds of doubt and shame and unbelief, right? You're either destroying with your words or you're building up with your words, okay? I'll get, let me give you a, <laughs> tell you a story about when I was, uh, I think I was 10 or 11 years old. Um, my dad took us water skiing. We're, we're in his truck pulling the boat. We're on the way to go water skiing. I don't know why I said this, but just for some random reason, I'm like, wouldn't it be weird if like the steering wheel went out on the car? My dad's like, whatever, you know. <laughs> and literally, like that day, like I remember him like working on it. The steering, something had happened to the steering wheel, like it broke. And then, you know, coincidence. Okay, maybe it's a coincidence. Whatever. Then I <laughs> later that day, I'm like, next thing you know, like one of the tires will go out or whatever. And then guess what happened? One of the tires popped and broke after that. And my, finally, my dad was like, shut up. <laughs> like, stop saying things like that. <laughs> like, I mean, come on. Have you, have you guys ever experienced things like this where you speak something? You're either speaking, like our words have authority. I'm not saying everything you say is going to come to pass, but we do have to watch what we say because we have authority on our words. Whether you're Christian or not Christian, like there's authority and power on your words. God has given us, like when, when God spoke, he, to create the, the, the universe, he spoke a word. Like there's power on words. We're created in his likeness and image. So when we speak, there's, there's power behind our words, okay? Really important that we realize this. And so I try not to just flow, um, throw things around flippantly. Like and my kids will say something joking. I'm like, don't say that. Let's pray over that right now. Nope, that's not going to happen. You know, like I, we, I pray over things. I don't let them say whatever they want because it's important. Your words are powerful. Number two, um, store the second way to speak powerful words of blessing. Store up blessings in your heart. Okay. Scripture here, Luke uh, 6, verses 43 through 45 no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The things you're talking about, the things you're speaking, it's coming from your heart, okay? It's not just a random, like, whatever... If you're talking about something constantly, it's because it's in your heart. We, have you ever, ever like said something and you're like, oh man, where did that come from? Like that thing I just, where did that come from? You know, and, and if it's really bad, it's like, oh God, I'm sorry. That came out of my heart. 
know, God, give me a new heart. God, cleanse me of that thing. I don't want, I don't want that thing in my heart. And so how do we store up blessings and words of life in our hearts? Proverbs uh, chapter three, verses one through four says this. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. For they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Verse three, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of both God and man. Okay? We have to store up words in our heart. How do we do that? We, by biblical meditation, by, by reading the word, storing it up. Sometimes it's like, why do I need to read the Bible today? Why do I have to read the Bible every day? You know, I do encourage you, read your Bible every day. Why is that? Because you're storing up words in your heart. You're, you're allowing God to influence your mind. You're allowing God to influence your heart. And out of an overflow, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Okay? Super important there. So if you're speaking things that are off, it's because maybe the things you're putting in your heart are off. Okay? So um, store up blessings in your, in your, in your heart. Um, <laughs> when my daughter, Evie, I mentioned she's eight years old. When she was... Uh, four years old, we were teaching her, what, what are the words we say? What are the words we don't say? We don't say shut up. We don't call people stupid, you know, that kind of thing. So I'm teaching her all these words, and then she said some really cute things, and then I made a video of it, and then we're going to play that video. So <laughs> uh, go ahead and roll that video if you would. Um, Evie, can you tell me about all the naughty words that we don't say? We only did. Well, let's do it again. We don't say stupid or damn. Oh, oh wait. Let me start over. Okay. We don't say stupid or shut up or oh my god or damn, damn. Okay. What is? Or what in the hell? We don't say that either. Yeah. What does damn mean? It means when you. That it means when beavers spill their dam, and, mm-hmm. and they and they pack a pieces of mud on their dam, so the water won't mm-hmm. get in it. Mm-hmm. And and they and they make a house with sticks and mud, okay. and, and mud packs on it and mixes it. And they and they have two kids, Fred and Chad. What are the names? Fred and Chad. They have two kids? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And we don't say that, though. Yeah. Okay. Should we watch it? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So that was like half of her life ago. She was four when when we did that. Because I was talking to her, and she's like, we don't say damn, we don't say these different things. And I was like, I don't think she knows what damn. Like, there's, a, there's two different dams. What does dam mean? She's like, you know, like a beaver, you know, dam. Well, we don't say that. No, we don't say that. Because that's bad. That's a bad word. <laughs> so, but there, if you store up blessings in your heart and not words of curse over people, um, that's what will come out of your heart. Okay, the last way, number three to um, speak words, powerful words of blessing, is number three, understand with great power comes great responsibility. I don't know about you, but I want to have influence, and I want to have influence in this city. 
like the name of our church is City Lights Church. We want to shine light in the city. And one of the ways that we shine light is by the words that we speak to people. I don't know if you realize, your actions speak, your words speak, right? And one of the ways that we can be a light in the city is by the words that we speak to people. We've all been given a measure of influence. Like, I don't know if you know this, we've all been given a measure of leadership. We've all been given a measure of influence. I want to have more influence. And I actually, I don't often pray like, God, give me more influence. I'm like, God, give me as much influence as I can handle, you know? And sometimes people ask like, you know, how big, how big do you want your church to be? And honestly, I don't know. Like, I want, to do, I want to do what God has put in our heart to do. I want to do it with excellence. And honestly, the increase is up to him. You know, there's a, there's a good reason why. There's other churches in, in town. You know, I'm not, we're not in a competition against them. Okay, but I do want to have influence, and I want to be faithful with the words he's given me so I can be faithful over more. Amen? And same thing with you guys. I want you to have influence. You're believers. You're Christians. I want you out in your world, in your life, sowing words of life. James chapter... Um, and I believe if we steward it well, um, we, we, God will give us more increase. James chapter 3, verses 9 through 12, it says this. James talks a lot about the power of the tongue. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine figs? Neither can salt spring produce fresh water, okay? He's saying, like, in nature, like, you never see a fresh water spring and a salt water spring at the same place, right? But, in, but with our mouths, we actually can speak words of blessing and we speak words of cursing. We just had an amazing worship service. We had an amazing band here that led us into the presence of God. We sang praises to God. It is possible for you to leave this place, get behind someone who's driving way too slow, and speak curses over that person, now I'm with you. I like want to like, let's go faster. Come on. But like, don't curse them. Don't speak words of curses over them. Okay. It's possible to speak words of blessing and words of cursing at the same time. James says this should not be the case. We should be those who just speak words of life, speak words of blessing. Okay. So unfortunately that is possible. So this is how we, uh, again, with great power comes great responsibility. Okay. Um, and I'm wrapping up here, but remember a few weeks ago, um, I had talked about, um, just talking about friendship with God, <clears throat> and there's times where the Lord would like put it on my heart to give someone money or to help someone with something, and there were times where I felt like the Lord said, hey, don't tell anyone about that. Let's keep that between us. Like, it's just a friendship thing. That good deed, that good thing you did, go, don't go brag about that. Like, let's keep it, that between us. And Matt, I heard your message the other day, and it was a great message, by the way. And, um, and you referenced that again. Yeah, let's give him a hand, because that was a good, he did a good job. We have great associate and worship pastors here. Um, but he referenced that again, that I, I had said, like, sometimes the Lord's like, let's just keep that between us. I want to say the same thing about your words. Sometimes you have that juicy piece of gossip that you know will make you, like, the center of attention at the party or whatever. Oh, man, if I bring this out, people are going to think I'm really important I'm really good. That juicy piece of gossip where you have a piece of information about someone that you could uncover. In the same way, I, like, sometimes I feel like the Lord nudges me. It's like, yeah, that's love covers. Like, no, let's keep that. Love covers. Like, you don't need that attention. You don't need that on you. Love covers a multitude of sins, that kind of thing, okay? And so, um, if, or this will happen. Like, I'll think of a joke, and it's not just a pun. Hilarious, okay? Like, <laughs> think of puns all the, fine, all the time. But I'll think of something, like, it's hilarious, but it's, like, a little crass, 
right? A little vulgar. And I'm like, oh, this is so funny. I want to tell people or whatever. And there are times where the Lord's like, nope, <laughs> don't say that thing. Don't repeat that thing. Even though you, you're loaded, like you, you got something hilarious here right now. Come on, you guys know what I'm talking about. Just because it's funny, just because it'll get a reaction, like we can, we can seal it up in our hearts. You know what I mean? And I believe, honestly, the Bible talks about when we do our good deeds, to not do them in front of men to be seen by men and that there's a reward for us in heaven. I think in the same way, when we have words stored up in our hearts or secrets about things or whatever about people and when we cover and we don't, we don't gossip, we don't complain, we don't do those things, I think in the same way God will reward us for being wise with what we say. Amen? And so I think there's a reward for that. So, um, so to recap, amen? This is good? Okay, you guys are getting something out of this? Okay. Um, three ways to speak powerful words of blessing. Number one, realize your words are powerful. Every one of you, your words are powerful. Number two, store up blessings in your heart. Number three, understand with great power comes great responsibility. Amen. So uh, I want to do this to close. Um, I'm going to have Rick Hood. He's one of the fathers of this house. He's one of our overseers. Um, I want to have him come and just pray a Father's blessing. I'm going to pray a Father's blessing. And then, Matt, I'm going to have you come up as well and just pray and speak a Father's blessing. The, the, <clears throat> throughout the Bible, there's something significant and important about a Father's blessing. I remember when I, I was moving out of my dad's house, I had started reading the Bible, but I was still like making bad choices. Like The reason I was moving out wasn't even good. And, but I was like 18, you know. And, but I was reading the Bible and I still understood that there was importance of a father's blessing. And so my dad didn't approve of what I was doing, but I was like, I want you to bless me. I want you to speak a blessing over me. Like I understood that there was an authority that my dad had where he could speak a blessing over me. And I want to encourage you fathers, fathers in the spirit um, and literal fathers, the words you speak over your children can either make them or break them. Like you're giving courage, you're teaching them, you're instructing them. Like it's super important, okay? Like this is a really important role to speak words of blessing. When you pray over them, speak words of blessing, bless them and speak words of life for them because you have the power of life and death, amen? All right, come up here, Matt and Rick, if you would. And um, yeah, come on. Um, I want you guys to receive this. They're gonna speak a father's blessing. They're fathers of this house. And I want them to speak that over you. Just receive that, if you would, today. Amen. I didn't get to tell my dad joke. Go ahead. Is that okay? Yeah, please. Is it too, you don't even have to ask. Is it too serious of a moment? No, this is not that somber. It's a two-parter, kind of. So the first one is, why did the chicken cross the road? To get to your house. Okay. <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there? It's the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it great how it gets so awkward in the middle? Yeah, I'm like, do you this think? This is, um, I'll just say, um, <laughs> Kurt, Kurt asked middle. me kind of on the spot, but we actually have something we say over our kids every night. So I'll say that as a father blessing for you all. And um, maybe while we're doing this, if you guys want to, you can bow your heads if you want, or you can like put your hands out like you're receiving something, because that's what a blessing is. It's a gift. So um, these words spoken over us. Um, so no weapon formed against you will prosper in Jesus' name. You are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. 
the work that he did on the cross. And his perfect love casts out all your fear. And he doesn't give you a spirit of fear or timidity. He gives you a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. And God is bigger than every enemy. And he's bigger than every problem. And he loves you. And he has good plans for you. Father, this morning, we just want to acknowledge you. You're the beginning yeah. of what fatherhood is all about. And we look at your son, and he said, if you see me, you've seen the father. And so, Lord, we, we ask, Lord, that you would reveal more of yourself in this next, this next year so that we can be the fathers that you've declared us to be. That when our sons and daughters and grandsons and granddaughters look at us, they can see you. And so, Lord, I just speak your blessing. Father, let them, Lord, be full of your Holy Spirit. Let, Father, the things that come out of their mouth only bring blessing upon those that they speak to. We pray, Lord, that, Father, there would be more sons and daughters brought into this house because you're the father of this house and your delight to reveal your sons and daughters. And we pray, Lord, for an increase of sons and daughters this next year. Yeah. We pray, Lord, for spiritual sons and spiritual daughters to be raised up in this house that you father and that you're the head of God and that, Lord, you've sent us out as your sons and fathers to reproduce life in others again. Lord, we pray, well, I, I speak authority that you've given us to give, Lord. I speak freedom that you've given us to free others. I speak healing, Lord, that you've healed us to heal others, God. I speak, Lord, wisdom, Lord, to bring wisdom to others. I speak, Lord, life that, Lord, we bring life to others in Jesus' name. And I declare it over this house. I declare it over these fathers. I declare it over your sons and your daughters this morning because you're the eternal father. And, Lord, what you speak into existence comes about, God. And we declare that over this place in Jesus' name this morning. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. I just want to speak also blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord grant you peace in Jesus' name. I just bless, God, this congregation. I speak a Father's blessing over us, over them today, Lord God. And we thank you, God, that that blessing will carry forth into our lives. We love you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen.